1972. How many of you guys remember 1972? How many of you weren't alive in 1972? Kids. Uh, it was about 1972 that my dad made his way into the Rondecoit Assembly of God Church on an Easter Sunday. He did it against his will. He did it because he had made a commitment to a co-worker that he would attend. And wasn't happy about it, but he would keep his word. He walked in the doors of the church, and for the first time in his life, he began to weep. Couldn't control it, and the embarrassment ran out of the church, got in his car, and drove home, leaving my mother at the church. About an hour away. The co-worker brought my mother home, and that day led my mom and my dad to the Lord. And that started a revolution of which many of you are a part. It was a revolution that changed the fabric of my family and of my life and my siblings. Um, I live in ways that you perhaps will never understand. I live constantly amazed that God would, for some reason, put his eye upon the line of a family. Um, my dad was, I think in today's vernacular, they would call him a drunk, an alcoholic. He was a mean drunk. You know, some guys are fun drunks. They kind of get silly. Some get morose and sad. Dad kind of got mean. Uh, he was not an easy guy to live with. And even once he became a Christian, he wasn't always easy. But then neither are us all the time. But God used that occasion to change the very fabric of our whole family and set us on a new course for which I will forever be grateful. When I look at my siblings over these years, uh, I look at them uh, amazed at the way in which God would take us and not only just save uh, mom and dad and perhaps even save us, but actually choose to use us for his kingdom. Um, I live amazed at God's goodness. Uh, we sing songs about God forgiving us. I will never get over the fact that God forgave us our sins and brought us into his family. And I hope the same is true for you, that you live grateful and amazed that God would put his eye upon you and your family. And one of the beliefs that I have is that God doesn't want to just save us individually. He wants there to be generations that come and are blessed through our family. I was reading this morning uh, the scripture where God had come, uh, he and two of his friends, I believe Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but that's just my belief. Three men, it says, came to Abraham. Abraham saw him, ran to them, and said, won't you stop here and stay? And they made a promise to Abraham, and they said, in about a year's time, your wife will give birth to a son, and that son will be your heir. It seemed impossible. But the next chapter begins with the verse that says, And God kept his word to Abraham. God kept his word. His word can never fail. The scripture says, Heaven and earth might fail, but not one word of God will ever fall to the earth, absent of the power to accomplish what it came for. So, my family, the Lonneville clan, has been blessed because of God's grace to us. Today, we have the privilege of having one of our clan with us, my sister Kathy. Uh, 
uh, she and her husband Bob pioneered. I know it was a church already there, but in so many ways that church has changed the very face of the church from what it was to what it is now. They have pastored that church over all of these years. It was, I'm sorry for not having thought about this, I think it was three years ago that Bob passed away suddenly and uh, we continue to grieve over that loss. I miss his smile, I miss his humor. He brought joy to our family, he truly did. But Kathy has continued on as pastor of Harvest Fellowship in Geneseo. And one of the things that has been true of her over these years is that God has vested within her a true gift of the prophetic. Uh, I was raised in a church tradition that would regularly say the canon is closed. God no longer speaks. Everything he had to say, he already said in his word. Well, I love the word of God. I love the word. And I don't think God would ever say anything that contradicts his word. But I think God does still speak. He speaks to our hearts, to our minds, to our souls. In fact, this whole month and next month, we're going to be teaching and talking to you about how to hear the voice of God. In the stillness of our heart, how to hear his voice. And so Kathy has, I believe, one of the most significant gifts that I have heard in the prophetic. Uh, Sister Sylvia years ago said it's the purest. Well, that might be true. But for me, it's the most powerful. There's never been a time in which she has prophesied over us that I haven't been undone. To think that God would speak to me, number one, and that number two, God would speak to me through my family. I love that. I truly do. So today, you have the privilege of being able to hear my sister, Kathy Campbell, and I'm going to ask you to give ear. We told her to take her liberty. If she feels like she has a word for people, go for it. We're open to that. We want that. We desire it. We're desperate for God's word. And then anything else that she feels to teach, we've just told her to take her liberty. So would you welcome her as she comes? Uh, it is a real privilege and honor to be here. Um, I hope you can bypass my voice, um, just getting over a virus. Um, but I, I get invitations to come into places, and I have to tell you that I was most excited to come here uh, because I get to see my family, who I haven't seen in a very long time. Uh, and it's amazing how, you know, years just go by, time passes. And so for me, this is a hoot. I feel like I'm home with family, and it's a pleasure, it's a joy, it's an honor. It's always an honor to be able to speak in different pulpits. But I want you to know this, the pastors of this church, I know you have Pastor Jonathan, too, who I'm, like, so impressed with him. Like, isn't he something? Like, I just like, wow, I'm, I'm impressed with him. But, you know, when we first started out, um, we came over, to, uh, moved from North Dakota. We, my husband and I lived five years in North Dakota and then just felt like a call to ministry. So we came over here. He was going to attend Elam. And then it was your pastors, Chris and Kay Wren, that opened the door for us at Elam. Uh, and so if you don't appreciate me today, you can blame them. They're the ones that open the doors for ministry. Uh, and I can tell you from that point on, my life has never been the same. 
Uh, and I'm so grateful. I was glad to see Nick, I don't know where he is, but up on the drums today. And I know whenever you go through, there you are, whenever you go through a difficulty, um, I came to a place, Nick, where somebody said to me, uh, what, where, what are you going to do? I mean, I was married to my buddy for 37 years, and he's the one that really put me in ministry. And I was reminded of when Jesus made a hard saying to the disciples. He said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood. And the Bible says many of them turned away that day. And he turned to the 12 and he said, are you going to leave me also? And what did they say? Where else could we go? And so when I looked up and I saw Nick up there, I thought, that's what he said. Where else could I go? You have the words of life, of eternal life. And so we are blessed. The fact that God would call us, uh, and every one of us are called, that he would know us by name is absolutely incredible and amazing. And I'm in love with Jesus this morning. Um, I, I got up this morning and um, they gave me a topic that I love to talk about. It's one of the easiest topics I could do is God speaks. Um, and that's because God speaks all the time. The Bible says, how precious are your thoughts to me, O God. If I could count them, they would be more in number than the sand. That's a lot of thoughts that God has for us. So I'm going to do this really quick. We don't have much time, and I'm going to try and get through this as fast as I can. I woke up very quickly this morning with William Seymour in front of me, his face. Anybody that's been around Moves of God has read about William Seymour back in um, Azusa Street, early 1900s. And he was the black man, he's one of my favorites to talk about, um, that God used in that day for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And if you wanted to experience the presence of the Lord and miracles and all that stuff was happening, you had to come and sit under a black man. And that day, uh, that was unheard of. Blacks and whites did not sit together, but God chose a, a one-eyed one black man to be the leader of that movement where the Holy Spirit came in such an outpouring. I could tell story. I love talking about William Seymour, but I woke up with his face in front of me and um, that crate over, put it over his head. Now, if you've read anything about him, he would sit in the meetings with a crate over his head. I didn't know what you've all done here, but I, when I walked in, I was like, oh, it's interesting because that's what I think of with crates is this kind of, y'all have done a good job here. It's beautiful. The bathrooms are wonderful. Um, they, they're really, really nice. But anyway, so William Seymour put the crate over his head, and um, the Holy Spirit would just talk to him, and wild stuff happened. I mean, I remember one, I'll tell you one story real, real quick, and that is uh, a man was caught having an affair. His wife catches him in bed with another woman, and the woman get in a fight, and one of them bites the guy's ear off. Horrible. And he comes in with his head wrapped, and it's all bloody, and this teenager um, just knew somebody's got to pray for him. And she went over and just laid her hand on his head. He, he showed her what it was. Can you imagine as a teenager seeing that? Uh, anyways, I'm, I'm doing this fast and I'm probably leaving some things out, but I want to get through some stuff. She put her hand on his ear and that ear reattached to his head. 
Those were the kind of creative miracles that happened during William Seymour's day. So I awakened with William Seymour, the crate coming over his head, and then the crate coming off. Many people will tell you the reason why the move of God stopped in that day is because he took the crate off and he stopped seeking the Lord. Let me give you maybe another perspective. Maybe God told him to take the crate off and the people couldn't handle that God was coming in another way. I felt the Lord say to me this morning when I woke up and saw that, there's a fresh move of God that's coming. And don't get hung up in how God came yesterday or 10 years ago or last year, but be willing to be open to how he moves today. Don't miss the day of your visitation. It's going to look a little bit different than what it has in past days. It doesn't mean that you won't have some of the same kinds of things happening, but it does mean God's giving you a little bit of knowledge ahead of time. I'm coming in a different way. And it may be in the middle of a move that God shifts gears in another direction. Don't get stuck in what was happening, but learn to go with the flow of what God's doing. Can everybody say amen? So Charity called me this morning uh, as I'm driving here and uh, just said, Mom, I was praying for you and I saw a road being paved and those big rollers going over it that smooths everything out. And I felt the Lord say that the foundation, all of it's been laid and there's a move of God coming. <laughs> I was like, hey, chair, good girl. Then she saw a mother bear that's just given birth to her cubs go into a hibernation into the den. And let me say this, that what that means for you is you're right on track and you're right on time because mother bears typically give birth in the month of January. And once they give birth, they go back into hibernation. Bears can speak of strength. It can also speak of woman coming into a strength. I'm not a feminist. Believe me, I am not at all a feminist. But I do know this, there's neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female, slave nor free. We're all one in Christ Jesus. And I said yes to him, and I'll never apologize for the call and anointing on my life. Uh, and, and I know you all are okay with it, or you probably wouldn't have me in here. Um, but so I just I wanted to release that word over the church. Something new is coming. And it may start out the way that it's always started out. But then there's going to be a shift midway. And somebody's going to remember this word when things shift and go back to it and say, hey, God told us this was going to happen. I, and so I, I really believe it's the word of the Lord over this uh, church. All right, this guy here with the glasses, real quick, what's your name? Um, a purple shirt. Mark. Uh, Mark, I just uh, saw God's hand come on your life. You're coming under a fresh anointing in this season. You're hungry for God. You want more of God. And you've been thinking and thinking and thinking. You've got to stop some of the thinking and just let God come in and do what he wants to do. There is a call, even from a young age, you were marked by God and you knew there was something unique about you. You couldn't always put your finger on it and you couldn't define it. But God says, I'm going to begin to bring definition in this 
day and you're going to know that I have called you out and I've singled you out and you can no longer be in that place of looking around to see others stepping in. But God says, I want you to step into the river. Remember in Ezekiel, he steps in. I think it's Ezekiel 47. It starts out ankle deep and then it goes to the knees and then the hip and then it's a river that's too deep to cross. But whoever gets in the river, that's where the healing is. And so God is stirring your heart in this season with a fresh, fresh outpouring and a fresh anointing. God bless you uh, this morning. I know I'm talking fast, but I want to cover some ground here this morning with you uh, because God does speak. How many know God speaks? Yeah, everybody agree God speaks? Okay, so I'm in a good place, honestly, because I've stepped into places not everybody believes God speaks to you. But God does speak to us individually. I went to Elijah after he challenged the prophets of Baal. How many of you remember that story? You've got Jezebel in that story, don't you? Um, and I remember when I first stepped into ministry, I had some brothers call me Jezebel. And I was like, Jezebel? <laughs> I, I, but I'll tell you what, I thank God for everything that I've walked through. Because it's made me to be strong and it's convinced me of who I am and what God's put in me. Uh, and so I, I often say this, not every woman is called to be in the pulpit, but every woman is called of God. All right, so Elijah challenges the prophets of Baal. And then in 1 Kings chapter 19, I know I have to read a scripture or I'll be accused of not turning to the word, even though I'll recite things. I know how we can be. So in 1 Kings chapter 19, um, Elijah... Um, well, Ahab tells Jezebel everything that happened with Elijah on the mount. <laughs> and she doesn't like it, and she threatens him. And I'm going to make your life as the life of one of them in verse 2. And then God um, comes and meets with Elijah. I'm not going to read it. It'll take too long. But in verse 11, he says, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by in a great and strong wind. That's like a hurricane tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. Can you imagine standing there and watching that? But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake, and after the earthquake a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire a still small voice. And so it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave, and a voice came said, what are you doing here? Uh, what I love about this, and I've taught on this, is God gives them purpose. And I can tell you, in my own journey, um, in these last three years have been the most traumatic years I've ever been in, uh, in my life. And I'm not going to go through all the different storms. Uh, but I came to a place of understanding, just like Elijah, in my moment, God came and he gave me purpose. The first time that I thought I was going to completely fall apart, I was going in to do a meeting. It was just a month after my husband passed. And um, I'm going to grab a Kleenex. I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, and I thought, Lord, I, I can't uh, continue. I'm going to fall apart. My emotions were about to just cave. And um, right then I get a text, and I had forgotten to shut my phone off before going into the meeting. And the text was these pastors down in New York City. And long story short, um, I had given a word eight years prior. This was during the election time 
uh, that God had his hand on uh, Donald Trump. And we were sitting in a diner with all these leaders. I had just done some meetings down there. And they're talking about Donald Trump. I didn't know who he was. But the Spirit of God came on me and said, um, there is a greater plan that I have for that man. You watch what he does or what I do with him in that nation. And they all just kind of looked at me like, whoa, you could feel the presence of God. Whether you're a Trump fan or not, I don't care. That's beside me. See, God loves people. And I'm so glad that he does. And so they wanted me to come down and represent the woman of the East Coast at Trump Towers uh, and minister to Donald Trump. So that point right there stopped me from my emotions taking hold, and I now had purpose. How many know God speaks in many different ways? Often he'll speak to you through people. That's awesome. I love when he does. And for me, that's what it was that day. He sent people to me to remind me, Kathy, you've still got purpose. And so you keep on going. And the Lord has done that numerous times um, of giving me purpose. I, was, I wanted to share a story with you that um, for me, just before Bob passed in October, so he passed in January of 2016, but in October of 2015, we get a call from this church where we've ministered over in Michigan a handful of times, and um, it's a great church. And the pastor called and said, Bob, I just have to hear your voice. I don't know what this is, but I've got to hear your voice. And so they talked for a while, and he said, you guys have any open weekends uh, coming up before the new year? And Bob said, we only have one weekend. It's Thanksgiving. And he said, we have that weekend open. Why don't you guys come and minister for the weekend? And so we're traveling out to Michigan. And um, as we are traveling along, we stopped at a Dunkin' Donuts to get a coffee. And we go in. And as we're leaving, there's this elderly woman who's absolutely beautiful. And I, I stopped in my tracks. And her eyes caught mine. And there was something in her eyes. I was like, whoa, if I can look like that when I get to be that age. I mean, she's beautiful. And then we leave, we go up, and we have a great weekend of ministry. We're driving back, and we stop at a Dunkin' on the way home to get coffee. And we walk in, and lo and behold, that woman's there. And I thought, oh, that's weird. Well, probably we're just traveling the same route on the weekend. People travel on weekends. I do it all the time. So that's probably what she's doing. And then we go back to Rochester. We have a couple of days there, and then we're going down to D.C. to hold some meetings. Um, another church that was bringing us in. And so Bob takes me up to Rochester to run a couple of errands, and he quickly turns the truck into Dunkin' Donuts up on Monroe Avenue. He said, why don't you go in and get us a cup of coffee? I said, all right. And so I go in to get the coffee. I've got his coffee in one hand and mine in the other hand, and I'm going to the door, and the door opens, and there stands that lady. And I looked at her, and she looked at me, and I'll, I, all I can say, you don't know how to describe it, but something went through my body. Um, like, you know when you get goosebumps, and it just, I was like, whoa. And I thought, well, she probably lives here, too. I mean, we live here. She probably just lives here. And so two days later, we're driving down to the D.C. area, and we're in Pennsylvania, and Bob 
quickly turns the car into a Dunkin' Donuts. And he said, why don't you go get us some coffee? And I said, well, let's all go in and just stretch our legs. And so we go in, we're waiting for our coffee, and I see movement, the door open, and I look, and there's that woman. And she just stared at me, and I was completely frozen. Now, in the Bible, when people see angels, they always say, fear not. And so I think I'm in good company. I was afraid. I really was. And for a while, I wouldn't even go into another Dunkin' Donuts. It's the truth. But I realized something that day, that God was wanting to speak something to me. And the way that I viewed angels, because it prepared me for what was going to happen when my husband was going through all of his stuff. Two days, and we had lots of angels during that time that looked like us in human form. And there was one day an angel came in and he said to me, the waiting room was packed with people, and he said, "Uh, Kathy, you're always doing nice things for other people. I wanted to do something nice for you. And so I bought coffee for everybody. And so everybody was saying, "Um, is this angel coffee then? And even coffee drinkers were drinking the coffee. (laughs) But the day before he passed, I went into the uh, restroom that was close by where he was, and it's just two stalls. And when I was in there, I was like, I, I don't even know how to describe those days. I feel like just even now, I'm starting to wake up a little bit, like things were just a blur, and it's clouded, and... Um, People will tell me I was there or I came, and it's like, I I don't know who was there most of the time. Um, But this one day, just before he passed, I go into the stall, and I'm just saying, Lord, this isn't looking good. I have faith. I believe that there's nothing that you can't do, but um, from what everybody's saying, can you just talk to me? I mean, you know, we need God to talk to us. (laughs) And all of a sudden, I hear movement. And I look under the stall, and there's a pair of tennis shoes sitting there, and then a pair of black pants laid out on the floor. And I thought, who does that in a hospital? You don't put your clothes on the floor. You don't undress in the hospital. What is that? And so I I was curious, because I'm looking for God to speak. And I look under, and there's no legs. And then I'm looking up over, is somebody standing on the toilet looking at me? I don't know. (laughs) No one's there. And so I ran out of the stall and I washed my hands as fast as I could. And I drying them and I turned to run out because I was scared. And a lady walked out with the tennis shoes and black pants on. And she just looked at me and she said, I had to put my legs on. I said, Oh, I ran into the room with Bob and I just sat down and that woman continued to stay at our room until he was gone. There were so many times and I could, uh, I don't have the time today to finish the rest of that story. But what I am saying is God will speak to us in many different ways. And with Elijah, you know that like hurricane storm came and you know what the Lord spoke to me the other day? Elijah was looking for where I was. And we get all freaked out. Oh, you look for God at every corner you go to. I mean, let's be real. No, let's be supernatural. And let's look for God everywhere. 
I look for God everywhere. I mean, even when the snow started this morning, I'm saying, Lord, what is this about? What is the snow about? Well, God has snow in his treasury. But Isaiah, come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they'll be white as snow. It's a sign of the move of God. See, it all kind of dovetails together for me, but I'm always looking for it. And I have the sense that the Lord wants us to look for him and how he speaks to us. And it may be, just as you're sitting in, in this room, God's speaking something to you, not through me, but maybe the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. But we can tune our ear, and the way we do it is by being a people of his word, a people that loves God with all of our hearts. And, and I'm going to stop preaching. I'm just going to, um, and I pray that there's a deposit here of hunger like you've never known before that you would understand you've been chosen as a church to be a house of outpouring, a house of refreshing, and a house of miracles. And that's why it's like when Bob passed, and I said at the memorial service, there's a day coming that the enemy is ever going to be sorry that he came against our family to trouble us. It's just like the song that they're singing, I'm going to raise a hallelujah. And he said, the enemy's going to be sorry that he raised a sword against this young one. Something has to happen where a fight comes in us and we don't stop because of what we see in the natural, but we press on for the greater glory. And so I release a word over this house right now that God would come in power and glory in a fresh outpouring of this house that once again it would be packed full with hungry people searching and looking for the presence of God and knowing we can't become content where we're at, but we've got to press for the greater glory. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Listen, I was up in Canada about eight years ago ministering, um, and, and I, I hope I can do this. I'm really trying. I, I, I just, I have so many stories, and I get going, and I feel the prophetic in this house. I mean, the prophetic is in this house, and I can say the prophetic is going to a new level in this house. I declare it. Those of you that have a prophetic gift, why don't you stand right now? I want to release a greater level of hearing. Uh, there's more of you in here. I absolutely know it. So, Lord, I thank you for this house that you speak to your people. And, Lord, I even say over Jocelyn that she will be known as a prophetess in the land. She's born to lead, just like Deborah. Jocelyn, there is that anointing on your life. When Deborah went to Barak, he was the army leader, and she said, did God not say, deploy troops? And then what did Barak say? I'll go if you go with me. And there is a call of God that's on your life, a prophet call of God, a mantle that'll come on your life, that God says they'll send you into nations with a message. And so, Lord, right now I stir up the prophetic mantle in this house that there would be the decrees and the declarations that would go forth from this house touching into this region, the regions beyond and into the nations. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, so I'm up in Canada, uh, Toronto, ministering about eight years ago. I hope this stirs your faith. Are you all okay? Yeah, okay, all right. Who said yes? You did, okay. All right. Now, who are you? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Laurel? Laurel. 
All right, Laurel, um, I, I see your hair whipping, whipping wild in the spirit. And so I'm up in Canada, and I'm ministering, and there was a guy, and they had a balcony, and it's dark out, and there was a guy. The guy here, you were at our church. Now I placed you. Okay, good. All right, so uh, there's a balcony, and I, I couldn't see. It was dark, and I ministered to this man. Here was the word. I'm going to do this real quickly with you. It's out of Isaiah 22, 22. God talks about laying the keys of the house of David on his shoulders. And he says, I will open doors that no man can shut, and I'll shut doors that no man can open. I gave that word. Afterwards, everybody leaves except for that man. He stays back with the pastor. I didn't know he was actually even a black man. And so he came up, and they were talking about the word, how relevant it was, and I realized he was a somebody. And so I said, how many know we know in part and we prophesy in part? Nobody knows it all. Sorry. Anybody that's prophetic in here, I hope it didn't burst your bubble, but none of us know it all. Anyway, so I said, what do you do? He said, I'm an NFL player. I said, ah, but I'm transitioning out of playing sports. I want my dream job is to train the NFL players, but I need eight more years of schooling. And I said, well, hmm. He said, your word said that God was going to give me keys and open doors that no man can shut. And I said, he sure did. So let's see what God does. The Ravens were playing the 49ers Super Bowl that day. And every year, I've asked the Lord, this is one of the things that I've done, who's going to win the Super Bowl? And every year for years, I've gotten it right. And so he said to me, who's going to win the Super Bowl, the Ravens or the 49ers? I said, well, it was the Ravens that fed Elijah. He said, no, my best buddies are on the 49ers. You can't. I said, sorry. They ended up winning. And some people won a lot of money on that one. I've learned not to do it publicly anymore. That's true. <laughs> About two months later, somewhere in that time frame, I get an email from him. And he said, Kathy, you're not going to believe it. I got hired to train NFL players at one of the bases in Tennessee. And they're going to pay my schooling for the next eight years. I was like, whoa, that's cool. But that wasn't all. He said, look at this picture. The place where they send some of the players in Tennessee to be trained is called the House of David. I will lay the keys of the House of David on your shoulders. And he said, and I have a key to every room in that building. I could finish the story, tell you up to date. I don't have time. I want to just do a couple ministry and that keep you. But it's a cool story. God speaks today. And I never want to be in a place where I say, I've got enough prophetic words. I don't need another one. I, when I hear that, I cringe inside. And I say, God, don't ever stop. Keep giving me purpose. Keep giving me destiny. Because if God speaks something new to you, Liz, it's good to see you, girl. When God speaks something new to you, it's always a sign that you're passing to another level. You've passed some tests. And so it's always a good thing. When God speaks, it's not always going to be confirmation. And they'll teach you, this is a well-taught house, so I don't have to go through that. But when God speaks something new to you, don't discard it and say, well, that's not me. Because that, that, that just I just went and sat with George Veach a couple of months ago to thank him because he was the first prophet that called me as a prophet to the nations and said I would go before leaders and presidents of nations. And I went and I said, listen, I want to thank you for prophesying that into my life. And I want you to know I've gone before leaders of nations. 
And, and so I, at the time, it was a new word. I'd never heard it before. Uh, but if you embrace what God is saying, uh, and they'll teach on it. It's all right. All right. All right. So um, Luke, uh, I met you, right? And you're related to the Mowers, is that right? The Mowers. All right. I mean, I, I felt like when I saw you, um, like I've known you. And what that often speaks to me of, Luke, is you have a similar, and I don't know if you know it or not, but God te- teaches you and he speaks to you and he gives you like a game plan going forward. Like you're a man of strategy. It's like you're always looking at things at another angle. Um, that is the Lord talking to you, but there's a prophetic call on your life. I love, my favorite gospel is Luke, the bringer of light. You're going to bring light, but God is going to, it's like lay some heavy duty words on you. But because you're so loving and nonchalant and just kind of coming in, people are going to receive from you because of what God's put in you. And they're going to know they're loved because of the love of God in your life. You've got a bright future ahead of you. Lord, I bless him right now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. April, I see a new song coming out of you. Something new is coming from you. But God's raising you up in the community, girl. I mean, you are going to be known in this community. I don't know what it's for. I don't know what it's about. But you get ready to be known in this community. You might want to run for an office somewhere. Um, and, and, And I'm saying that not lightly because I know and and I'm around some government people I understand it's a mess it's politics is a mess Um, but there's something in your life that is born to take the reins and run with it and so Lord I release a fresh charging of the purpose of God upon her life that she would know she's one of yours and that you have called her out by name and so Lord I bless what you're doing in her in Jesus name amen Jonathan I just saw these strings going from here over to Bethel Um, And I've never been there. I have no idea. I've never been there. It's a great church. I I love Bill Johnson, what comes out of there, all of that. But there is some tie, some link that's going to be made with the Bethel Church. I don't know what it is. I'm not telling you to make it happen. What I am saying is God is going to make some connection for you. And why, I don't know. But I trust the Lord, and I'm trying to hurry, so I'm not going to say and try and ask the Lord what's going on. But Nick, I see God like wiping every tear from your eyes and causing you to celebrate. And you're going to have a testimony. I've got this joy and I can't explain it. It is the joy of the Lord and the joy of the Lord is your strength. And God says, I remember you. I haven't forgotten you. There is more in you than what meets the eye. You haven't yet stepped into all that I've prepared for you. But this year, 2019,
2019 is a pivotal year in your life where God says, I'm going to begin to push back against the enemy that is pushed back against you, and you're going to see some miracles happen in front of you and know that I am your God, and I hear the cry of your heart. Get ready for a new drumbeat because you are going to beat to a new drum sound. And so, Lord, I bless what you're doing in him. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And thank you for receiving me. Um, it is 1159. Who is up? It's, oh, go, go. Okay, go. All right. Um, the guy here with a little bit of a goatee, your name? Um, yeah. Uh, uh, um, Jeff, Jeff. Okay, Jeff. Whew, Jeff. <coughs> Jeff, I just saw you spinning. And spinning and spinning and spinning. And there's times that it's felt like your life is just spinning. And, well, how's, how are things going to land? And what's going to take place? And what do I do next? God's going to bring answers to you like nobody else. It's like you're going to be the answer man. And you're going to be a problem solver. Not one that just sees a problem, but you can solve a problem. And so God is going to settle some things down around you that have just kind of been spinning. And you're not going to feel like you're on this merry-go-round just going around and around and around. But now there's going to be life in what you do, life in the work of your hands. So, Lord, I bless what you're doing in them. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Liz, there is a voice uh, within you that has to be heard and known. It's like you're going to take up a cause, young lady, and you're going to know how to stand and declare the things that are not as though they are. And God has put within you a love for people. There's a heart of compassion that's in you that God says, I want to uncap your well in this season for out of your own belly will flow rivers of living water and I will cause the stagnation to end, and I will cause new life to flow. So, Lord, I bless her. Right? There's writings. you got to write some things down. I don't know if you journal, but you got to journal. Your story will be known. Lord, I bless her. In Jesus' name, amen. Are you all okay? Um, it's, it's 12.01. I know I'm supposed to go to noon, and he said keep going, so I guess it's okay if you're okay. Kathy, I, I see the wind of the Spirit blowing. And when I saw you, it was like I wanted to attach myself to you. There is such a move of the Spirit that God says, I've chosen you to be one who can help to usher in and change the very atmosphere within meetings. Ha! And you'll be in meetings that aren't just in this house. But God says when you walk in, it's going to begin to shift what's taking place. And you're going to know I'm here on assignment. I'm not just here to take in, but I'm here on assignment. God's going to send you on many assignments, and you're going to know I got to go to that place, and I got to go to that place, because when I go, I'm leaving a residue of the Spirit of the living God in that place, and it'll never be the same. So, Lord, and God's got your family. There's like the protection of God is over your family. I, I don't even know where your family is, or uh, Luke is yours. I know Luke, right? Um, Okay, a couple are in the nursery. But I see the protection of God over your family. And um, it's divine protection. Do you know when I had so many angels with me during that time, um, when, you know, Bob went in on Christmas Day, 
and he passed on Three Kings Day. Do you know on the 23rd he signed for a house down in Virginia for us? He got so many things done that last year. And we slept there that first night on blow-up mattresses because we had people coming in to turn on the gas and all of that. And um, he fell asleep, and he hadn't been able to sleep laying down for weeks. I thought maybe he had pneumonia, which he did. But that night we stayed in the house. Um, we had put this tablet in the washing machine to clean the washer. And... It went on for four hours. <laughs> we didn't know it was a long cycle. But at 3 o'clock in the morning, it buzzes. And I woke up, and I'm shaking Bob, and I'm saying, Verizon's here. Verizon's here. <laughs> and he's saying, what, what? You know, it's 3 o'clock. And he got up, and he couldn't sleep anymore laying down. He sat up. The doctors told me when we were in the hospital on Christmas Day, had that not happened, he would have died in his sleep. But see, God knew the timing of it all. I still don't understand it. But he had to go in Christmas Day. And he had to go be with Jesus on Three Kings Day. There are so many pieces, and I don't have the time to do this, Kathy, but you're going to begin to piece together some things in the spirit of moves of God and what God is doing. And so angelic hosts are on assignment with you. And you know it. You feel the presence. Sometimes I just had a dream of Shamgar came to me. Shamgar. Shamgar. Shamgar came to me. Cool. You don't need to know about that story. I've got all kinds. Um, this guy right here, what's your name? Your name? Richard. Okay, Richard, I saw this road that you've traveled down, and it's been a long road, uh, and then everything just kind of comes to a stop. I feel like, you know, the Bible says your latter years will be far greater than anything you've walked in. God has surprises for you ahead, and so he is the lifter up of your head, and he says, I come to give you a future, and I come to give you a hope. So Lord, I bless this man, and I charge him with hope. In Jesus' name, amen. The girl on the back row with the beige sweater. Um, I think it's, which Paula. Uh, Paula, you're very smart, and there's times that you second-guess yourself, and the Lord says, I'm going to begin to unravel a plan of the enemy against you that you sometimes feel a little isolated and a little bit rejected, and God said, that's been the plan of the enemy. I'm breaking that cycle off of your life, and I'm causing you to know that you are accepted in the beloved. It's like it says in Song of Solomon, I am my beloved's, and he is my and you're coming into a greater and deeper relationship with the Lord than you've ever known before. You are in a safe place, and God says, I am going to open you up in this season, and there's going to be peace that surpasses all your understanding because you know God is for you, and if he be for you, then who or what could ever come against you? Lord, I bless her right now in Jesus' name. The guy with the, you got your, um, right here with a, a sweater, gray sweater, yes, your name? Harold? Okay, Harold, um, I saw the Lord just kind of turn your head. Uh, and if you've ever been in a place where someone comes into a room and you go like, whoa, who is that, right? And you're going to have your head turned at the presence of the Lord. 
He's going to come in, and you're going to recognize his presence, and it's going to captivate you like you've never been captivated before, and you're going to know God's got your number. He knows your name, and he knows your address, and he's coming in to do a work within you, but around you. I see all kinds of little messes all around you, things that need to be worked out, and God says, I will work all things together for your good, and you will see that my goodness goes before for you. Remember what David said, I would have lost heart, except I believed. I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. See, David believed. He knew. And what did Job say in, during his trial? I know that my Redeemer lives. See, God's able to redeem, and he's able to redeem in the family, and he's given you a promise, I will do it. But you're going to be captivated with his love and his presence. It's like that awe, uh, inspiration that just comes because his presence comes in a greater way. So, Lord, I bless him in Jesus' name. Courtney, I forgot how beautiful you are. I mean, like when you, I, I didn't recognize you, but you're so beautiful. I see you like numbers in front of you and adding things up. It's like, does that add up? And does that add up? And I don't know if that adds up or not. And you got all these kind of little question marks all over. Uh, but I see God answering some things for you in this season. And bringing you into, it's like you're coming into what I'm going to call a courtroom of heaven. Uh, and you're going to hear what you've not heard before. But God says, I don't want you to be afraid. I want you to step in. And I want you to know that as deep calls unto deep, I'm going into the deep place within you. And I'm going to begin to draw you into that place. The Lord says there's things that you desire, but you're a little bit um, held back um, by some things. You're not quite sure um, of some things, but the Lord says, I'm going to make things, I'm not going to be, you know, do you harm, uh, but I, I tell you, I'm going to do you good. I'm going to do you good. I will bless you. I will prosper you. I will touch your home. I will touch your family. I will outpour my goodness over you, and I will outpour my blessing over you. And God says, I am the God who heals and I'm the God who restores and I'm the God who renews and I'm bringing fresh life to you and I'm offering you an opportunity would you come come away with me and know that I've got my eye on you you know one of the scriptures says the eye of the Lord runs to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him You've got a loyal heart, and God's going to open you up. You're like a gift that's all wrapped up, and it's beautiful, but he's about to unwrap you. And what's on the inside is greater than what we see on the outside. Young man, Noah. Noah. Uh, I went to see Noah's Ark. I was over him. I don't know, I was ministering in Pennsylvania, Kentucky, around all over in that area, and I had one, like, two hours, and I said, I've got to go. I'm this close. i got to go. It's amazing. Have you been to No. It's amazing. If you get a chance, you should go. I had a new appreciation for Noah. Like, wow, that man had faith. He did something no one else had ever done before. You're going to do lots of things that no one else has ever done before. Do you remember when Jesus, um, it said, I, I love this because it said his time, I'll come back to you, Noah. 
His time had come, and he sends some of the team over into Samaria. Now, if you remember it in John 2, at the wedding, he said, my hour has not yet come. But here in Luke 9, it's Luke 9, I know you'll check up on it. Um, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but I know that you want more of God. He's going over to Samaria because this time had come. And he sends some of the team, right? And they come and there's no room for them. Here's the problem with that. Jesus was at the well. And he had invested in that city. And now they don't have room for him. That's when James and John, what do they do? They want to call fire down. <laughs> I mean, I would think that about Peter, but James and John, like, isn't that kind of wild? Like, Peter would do something like that. But James and John. And Jesus, he dealt with them. But it says they went to another village. Let me say that not everything that you do. See, you guys, you're in transition. Don't expect to always be liked in transition, number one. Secondly, don't worry when it's not received. You move on to the next thing, and you just keep on moving. Jesus demonstrated it for us. But he was used to there being no room. Because remember, he was born in a stable. You know what I think he said? If my mother could do it, I can do it. If your mother can do it, you can do it. You're going to stand the test of time, but God's going to give you ways of doing things that are so different from everybody else. So get ready for him to visit in the night season because he's coming to you. I wish I could finish the story with you with my football friend, but later. Noah, I'm going to come back to you. Noah, you know you're marked by God and he loves you so much and his hand is on you. And I see God separating you out. Kind of like when the shepherd would pick up one of the lambs and just carry that lamb. I've got a new appreciation for Psalm 23 that I didn't used to have. I'm understanding things about it that I never understood before. But you are one of his sheep. You belong to him. And he's marked you. And he set you apart. The Bible says he sets apart the godly for himself. And he's setting you apart. There's a lot of opportunities that will come to you in the days coming. And here's the key. Lord, is that one for me? Is that opportunity for me? Or do I let it pass by? You're going to need the wisdom of God going forward. And I pray that you look to God, just like Elijah. Are you in this wind? Oh, you're not in the wind. All right. Then the earthquake. Are you in the earthquake? I don't, he's not in the earthquake. How about the fire? He's not in the fire. But then he heard the voice. You're going to hear the voice of God, just like Samuel. Lord, I bless what you're doing in him. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And who are you right here? Are you married? You're not married. You're just kind of dating. Yeah? I think so. I think you're holding hands, so I don't think you're brother and sister. No. Okay, Sherry. Um, I, I believe the Lord's going to put a love in your heart for children. 
and you're going to just want to, uh, how can I get involved? What can I do? I've got to do something to help. I'm, I'm doing a recruit. <laughs> I just realized. Yes. Am I doing all right, Ashley? All right. Okay, you need a couple more. All right, I'll look around. <laughs> That's a joke. I hope, you know. I, I, I'm, you're okay. Y'all are okay, right? Yeah. All right, all right. So what was your name again, sweetie? Sherry. Sherry. I see lots of little ones around you, though. And God giving you a heart to touch this young generation. And you're going to touch them with the love of God. And they're going to know that they are cared for because of you and the love of God that's in your heart. Um, but I also see, like, um, these papers, like papers, papers, papers. And sometimes, you know, papers just stack up, and pretty soon you've got a whole stack of them and think, I don't even know what I do with that. Maybe I just take them and throw it all in the garbage because I haven't looked at them in over a week. And so, but I see God helping you to organize some things and to figure out maybe what the word is, is prioritizing. He's going to work with you in prioritizing and time management. Down the road, this word is going to have great significance for you. And you're going to be glad that God comes to help you in that time of need. So, Lord, I bless what you're doing and share in Jesus' name. Amen. And your name was? Cameron. Okay, Cameron. Um, I just saw God, like, put a, um, a mark over your head. Not like, just mark you um, for his purpose. Oh, my word. It's like you've been in the shadows too long, Ken. And God is saying, which side are you on? I want you on my side. And I want you running the race that I've called you to run. You know, when you run in a race, you can't be distracted with what's over here, <coughs> what's over there, or what took place behind you. But you look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, and you run that race with grace. And so God's calling you out. No more standing in the shadows. No more standing on the sidelines. <laughs> but you're being called up into active duty. And the anointing of God is going to be rich upon your life. There's teaching abilities in you. And I charge those abilities in you. You know how to fix things. You're like a fixer. You know how to fix what's wrong and things. And God is going to help you to get into the groove and know your place and not compare yourself. Don't ever compare yourself with anybody else. But you be who God's called you to be. It's a new day. There's a song. It's a new day. It's a new season. There's a fresh anointing coming your way. If there's anybody that's being pulled out right now. See, Ezekiel had some wild things happen to him. I mean, God picked him up by his hair. It carried him by the spirit. And we think, you saw an angel, really? <laughs> You're about to have some wild encounters with the Lord. Wild encounters, Cameron. And if I can say, there's a prophetic gift in you. And God's going to pull it out. So I bless what you're doing in Canyon. I, I like your spirit. It's like it's clean. 
is it's clean and God's done a work in your life. It's like you came out of some stuff. And look where you are. It's like the song we used to sing, look what the Lord has done. Where's the girl that was on the keyboards? Oh, there you are. Do I know you? I kept staring at you thinking you look... Forget the grout, you're a mower. <laughs> well, you're married to Luke? Luke is married? Yeah. <laughs> so what's your first name? Deborah. Ah. All right, that's why you look so familiar. I kept looking up at you thinking, huh, how do I know her? But now I know. Yeah, you do look like the grouts now that, yes. Yes, yeah, all right. So, Deborah, when you were singing, um, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I just felt the presence of God in my life. And so I'm looking at you, trying to figure out who you were. And then I was reminded what Paul said, I don't want you to know me after the flesh. I want you to know me after the spirit. And the Lord said, stop looking at the flesh, trying to figure out who she is. I see people are going to try and leave you where you once were but you're not the same person. You're a woman of the spirit. And they're not going to recognize you because they're going to just kind of watch and say, what is she doing now? The anointing is on her life? You mean she's exhorting? She can exhort? Yes, Deborah can exhort. There's a word of exhortation that's deep within you. You are one that knows how to lay things out line upon line. You're an order girl. You're a structure girl. And yet you're a creative girl. And the Lord is going to stir that creativity in your life. You know, the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will grant to you the desires of your heart. And so as you're delighting in God, he's going to, it's like this, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. God has much more for you. So Lord, I bless what you're doing in her, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. And, and I don't want to go any longer. I feel bad for all of you. So uh, Pastor Chris, is, is this yours? Yes. Um, this is my brother. Did you realize that? He's my brother. Yes. And he was my favorite brother growing up. He's still my favorite brother. I will just clarify by saying that for much of her life, I was her only brother. The other one didn't come along until much later. So, would you stand? Again, our theme for this month and next month is learning to hear the voice of God. Within our own hearts, our own minds, our own spirits, God speaks in many, many different ways. He is infinitely creative. And what he has done, he can do again but he can also do a new thing. He's that good at all that he does. And so what we're hoping is that over this month, we can encourage you to believe that, number one, you can hear the voice of God. You personally can hear the whisper of God within your own heart and spirit. But you can also hear God through people, as you did today, as God speaks words of encouragement to people to be able to lift them from where they are to where God is bringing them. And sometimes it's a word of exhortation, sometimes a word of encouragement, sometimes it's actually directional, but God has a way of speaking to us, his people. So this whole month and 
next month, February, will be all about that. And so I encourage you to begin to press into what God has for you. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I thank you for each one that's been here today. I thank you for the encouragement that we have received as we've looked to your word afresh and to see that you can come to us in many varied ways. But what we want is the voice of God. Lord, we're not looking for all the dramatic. If that's what you want, we're fine with it. But we're looking for your voice in the midst of it whether it's in the midst of the hurricane or the fire or, or uh, the earthquake. We, we don't care. That's not our issue. Our issue is we just want to make sure we're hearing the voice of God. And so, Lord, we look to you, the God who ever speaks a new thing. That's who you are. And so, Lord, we bless each word that has been given today. We bless those who have received it. Pray it would be an encouragement and incitement to them to press into you. Lord, whether it be something that's confirmed to their heart or whether it be something new that feels a little bit uh, unsure for them, Lord, that they would be like Mary and they would ponder these things in her heart. And they would be able to say, Lord, make it real to me in your time. And so, Lord, I bless each one. I pray, God, your grace to rest upon them and upon Kathy and all of her travels as she uh, makes her way from state to state, church to church, Lord, over these years. It could be wearying. It can be tiring. But, Lord, I pray that you would give her strength that is beyond her natural understanding. Uh, you said that in our last days, you would give us strength as youth. Well, Lord, we're looking for that. Uh, we're looking for the same kind of energy we see in some of these little kiddos here. We're saying, Lord, you said, you promised and you are a God who keeps your word. Give us strength for these days because we believe our race is not done yet. Lord, bless each one, we pray, in the name of Christ, amen. And again, if you need the absentee ballot, just see me at the end, okay?